Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Disney Time Podcast. I'm your host, Micah, and joining me today is my co-host, Rissa. Hello. How's it going today, Rissa? Pretty good. It's been a while. Yeah, it's it's been a while. You know, you had some trips. I had a trip, and it's like <laughs> we have a lot of stuff that's been happening at all the parks, I guess. Mm-hmm. All right, so on today's episode, we're going to talk about a couple of the things that have been happening since, you know, we last left off. First, we'll talk about Magic Key Program, which is pretty much Disneyland's replacement for the annual pass and then we're, we'll talk about genie genie plus and lightning lane which is you know the newly announced thing that they're replacing pretty much the fast pass programs with mm-hmm. all right so let's start with with magic key this is the new exciting thing that everybody was waiting for uh, at disneyland and i guess they're still anticipating it and it's, it's resulted in uh, pretty low wait times uh, would you say that this been happening yeah definitely people have not been going Going to the parks. I think it's also a contributing factor that schools have started to go back in session in person in California at least. So yeah, that along with the fact that Magic Key date was announced to start August 25th, a lot of people don't want to spend on passes in order to save up for the Magic Key upgrade. Yeah. So what I've what I've seen is historically this is probably the lightest that Disneyland has seen crowds since the opening of Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> if you remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, that historically low amount of crowds. That was kind of cool being there back then, but now it'd probably be even better, I guess. <laughs> probably. I don't actually know because there's a lot less things going on. There's no shows going on. So once you've written everything, you're kind of like bored. And if you don't want to spend a lot of money on food and merchandise, you know, there's a limited amount of things you can do if you get tired of the rides. So if you're just one of those people that likes to ride rides repeatedly, then right now is a good time. But if you want to experience things like shows and stuff it's probably not not a good time yeah i don't anticipate this week to be the same amount of crowds because if you do a multi-day ticket i believe you have up to 13 days to use up the whole entire ticket so if you if you save one of those uses you can upgrade when the 25th drops that's right so you can use the potentially if you got a two day you can use one on one day and then wait to the 25th and upgrade that to your magic key correct but it will and we're so close it will backdate to the beginning of your ticket. Oh, the first day that you use it, right? Correct. Right. Yeah. But that's okay. That's okay though. I mean, you get a year on your magic key. It's true. So. Yeah. All right. So yeah, let's let's talk about these magic keys since you know it's it's the you know the solution that they've come up with since they removed the the annual pass program. It's the replacement, and um, you know it's been met with I don't know controversy or or anticipation. It's I I feel like people just want to have something to replace the AP. What what do you think? about it. I feel like it's not as bad as we all thought. We were preparing for doom and gloom at, you know, uh, reading Reddit posts and listening to different podcasts. A lot of people had some pretty dark theories saying that it's probably only going to be like a, a membership that you have discounts to tickets. It's not an actual pass, you know, type of thing. But this is more middle of the ground, which is what I initially started to anticipate before I started reading Reddit threads that were like, 
making me a pessimist about it. Yeah, Reddit seems to be pretty toxic when it comes to things like that. Yeah. You know, like they're the most pessimistic out of any social media. Yeah, their theories were like, oh, I watch it be like super pared down and it'll only be like discounts and you pay for this program in order to get discounted tickets, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, oof, that would be the worst situation. But it was to- somewhere in the middle, which is okay. But you know, you could see where you know they took the advantage, the opportunity to just take things away from the AP and then kind of upcharge. I would say, you know, make it more expensive. <laughs> I definitely see how people could be upset about that, especially longtime annual pass holders. But I can also see where Disney was going with it because they wanted to resolve the issue of overcrowding. The reservation system definitely handles that because on a day-to-day basis, they can handle surges and staffing management. So if they can gauge how many people are actually going to be in the park based on a reservation system, then they can fix their customer service and, and staffing situations, you know, so guests have a better experience, you know. But the problem that I have with this is the fact that they still maintain the monthly payment because that was one of the reasons why a lot of people started getting Disneyland annual passes because it's cheaper to get these monthly passes for your children and just send them to Disneyland instead of paying for daycare. You know, if you have like a teenager or whatever, Mm. it might be a little harder with the reservation system, but based on numbers, we don't know the availability, you know, because it's going to be a separate calendar than the general ticket admission calendar. Okay, so they're going to maintain a key calendar for the, the key holders versus general admission. Correct. So that way they know how many key key uh, reservation spots to reserve based on how many sales of tickets they have. That makes sense. You know, you want to have those those paid tickets because they, you know, those are the ones that are once in a year or once however long, however many times they go Yeah. Uh, versus the, the key where they have more flexibility. They can go another time. Yeah. It's also the fact that the people that pay for those multi-day tickets or single-day tickets are the ones that are more likely to come from out of state or come from afar and spend more money. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. The ones that, that are like, oh, yeah, we don't come here that often. So we're going to spend money on merch, spend money on food and stuff like right. that, right? All right. So let's let's look at these different levels for the magic key passes. So they have four levels, mm-hmm. the dream key, the believe key, enchant key, and the imagine key. So the dream key is the highest level, the most expensive one. Of course, all four levels have the reservation base, like you mentioned. And then you have the believe, which is one tier lower, the enchant, which is another tier lower, and then the Imagine Key, which happens to be only available for SoCal residents. So of these tiers, uh, which one would you see yourself getting? The Believe Key. Um, So I did some math. And just to go a little bit into detail about the reservations, because I did call the cast member line when they announced all of this, just because we wanted some clarification about how reservations are handled. Because again, I went on Reddit threads and people were like, oh, if you want to do two parks that takes up two reservations, blah, blah, blah. That's not true. I talked to a cast member and and they said it's based on availability. So your selection, similar to the Flex Pass, if the calendar is only available for Disneyland, then you can only have that choice. If the calendar is only available for DCA, then you can only have that choice. But if the calendar is open for both parks, you can select that as your reservation. So it ends up being a park hopper. So that only counts as one reservation. But each day, so if you're going subsequent days, that counts as a reservation. So if you're doing like two days in a row, each single day, whether it's a park hopper or a single park 
is one reservation counted towards your total. So for you, you're going to go for the believe key. And for that, that can hold up to six reservations at a time. Mm -hmm. So if you were going to do two-day you know, trips, then you can have up to three two-day trips at a time, right? Correct. Which is... Until you use them. Right. And the day that you use it, it goes away so you can make your next one. Well, that's not that's not that bad because it, autom- it allows you to refresh after using them. So yeah. in theory, you can do a six-day trip and then you can do another one next time. <laughs> right. The challenging part with the Magic Key calendar for, for holders is that the calendar isn't 120 days like the normal general ticket. It's actually only 90 days. Oh, so you can only plan 90 days in advance. Correct. Okay. And then, of course, there are those blockout dates right. that, you know, they included with the the different tiers. Dream Key is the least amount of blockout dates, right? Dream or, Key has no blockouts. Days? Yeah. Dream Key is basically Signature Plus. Believe Key is somewhere in between Signature and uh, the one below it. I don't remember what it was called. Um, in- I think that was Deluxe. Was it Deluxe? I don't know if it was Deluxe. Enchant Key is probably closer to the Deluxe or whatever was below that of the mid-tier one. And Imagine Key is definitely SoCal Select. Right, right. Where they have the most blockout days. Right. You basically get no weekends on the Imagine Key. Well, I mean, if you live in SoCal, you can go on the weekdays, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what made you choose Believe over any of the, like, the Enchant or the Dream Key? So at first, my gut went with the Dream Key just because there's no blockouts. But looking at the calendar, the days that are blacked out are basically the days that I wouldn't normally go anyway. For the signature before that I had, it was those just those weeks in December and early January during holiday time. You know, the, the really crazy time that <laughs> I don't recommend people go. But this one adds uh, a few weekends in, I think, July or August and then spring break. Yeah, so it's got, of course, the July 4 holiday is blocked out. I think so. I don't have the calendar up, but yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at the Believe calendar. It looks like, uh, you know, when you had been going for Thanksgiving, it looks like they blocked that out too, Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving time. But it seems like there's still a lot of dates that you can go, a lot of weekends too. yeah. So, yeah, it's it's pretty doable though. Yeah. So it's not too bad. You're not blocked out fully. No, it's not terrible. So uh, what else did you you like about the Believe key? I know they they got rid of the free parking. Right, it's 50%. So again, I did the math and between the dream and the believe key, if I on average do two day trips, two day in park trips, right? So I calculated based on that and based on the base ticket. So with a dream key, in order to make it worth it, I need to go six times. Uh, With the believe key, I only need to go basically four times or three. It's between three and four times with the decimal places, which is completely doable since I'm going to be upgrading from a two day ticket already. So that already eliminates, you know, one trip since that's already paid for. And then I'll only need two or three more trips and I already had a couple more planned. So that's already paying for itself. And in terms of parking, right now it's only $25. So 50% off isn't that bad. If you do the free parking, in order to make it match, you have to go a lot because parking is only $25 per day. And you can mitigate that by like staying across the street. And if you go with a lot of people, you divide that by the number of people and it ends 
ends up being okay. Yeah, especially for parking. Like if you're just going to have everybody in your car, you split it up. It's like $5 a person right. or something. <laughs> I will miss the 20% off on merch and the 15% off on food and beverage. But 10% on food and beverage isn't that that drastic between the 10 and 15. And then the 20%, that's going to hurt a little bit. But I can obviously control my spending. So I don't factor in variable expenses like that. Okay. Yeah. Just, just You're just factoring right in right there. Fixed. Just the, the, the yeah, the fix, which is, you know, the, the tickets. Right. <laughs> the ticket expense. Right. So yeah, that, that actually does sound like a, a good tier to be on, Belief Key. Yeah. And the fact that they allow California residents to do the monthly payments helps too. Yeah. One word of warning though, if you're going to upgrade your ticket, you don't have the option to do monthly payments. Ah. Yeah. You have to, you have to pay up front because you're paying the difference. Okay. Well, that makes sense then. If you're just going to go from scratch, you though, can do monthly. Then you can do the monthly, Correct. right? But there is a down payment though. Right? Yes. For, for each of those tiers. Yes. Yeah. Instead of like doing a ticket upgrade, you pay a down payment and then do the monthly. Mm-hmm. I think the down payment is flat for all of it. It's I think it's $179 for all of them. Yeah, I think you're right with that. So August 25, that's when it's releasing. Right. Are you gonna are you gonna do it then or just to do it during your trip? That's that's what you're gonna uh, do. I'm gonna be doing it during my trip. There's no real risk for me because my next planned trip is in December and the calendar opens up while I'm down there. Ah, yeah. Okay. That way you can make your reservations while you're correct. There. I mean, I'm gonna be one day back from the rest of my friends, but I don't imagine it being booked out just from one day. They, the cast member that I spoke to, I spoke to a couple because I had two sets of different questions. But the one of them uh, said that if you're gonna upgrade, make sure you do it after you've entered the park on the last day of your trip because. Once you upgrade, it will affect the reservations of your current trip. Oh, yes. Wow. Yes. Because it's on a separate calendar. Okay. Because you're not going to be on that regular ticket anymore. You're going to be on the new, the new Correct. one. So as long as you've already entered the park during your trip on the last day and you upgrade, you're still okay. Okay. Yep. Well, that that makes sense then. And you're going to be doing that yep. way. That's why I'm saying I'm going to be one day back from the rest of my friends that are going in December with me. But it's okay. As long as you are able to still snag the reservation. I, I don't I don't see, foresee a yeah. problem. Uh, it's just one day. I don't really think it's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just one day off. I don't think I don't think it would be that yeah. bad. Yeah, it's just one person too. It's not like it's a full party. So I think it should be okay. Well, that's good. So what are your overall thoughts of the Magic Key? Are you satisfied with it? Or do you think they're just trying to eke out as much money out of all their customers as possible? Oh, obviously the latter. But I'm going to try it out. Uh, it seems like they're going to try to bring back AP Days or like a version of it, um, which they haven't done since like 2017. So hopefully they start to bring back more pass holder events and they actually care about their pass holders because it's a steady stream of income for Disney. And I think they've started to realize that with the fluctuations of their income during the pandemic and not having annual pass holders. So hopefully they start to cater this system better to us. They're touting more flexibility, but in my opinion, it doesn't seem like very much flexibility since it's it's a reservation-based system. But like I said earlier on, it's a lot better than we thought because we were all doom and gloom. So I'm not 100% satisfied, but I think I'm going to try it out at least for the year and see how it goes. Yeah, to me, it, it looks a lot like FlexPass Plus, you know, yeah. like FlexPass with the additional dates that you can go with. You know? Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm just a little peeved at the fact that they just didn't allow us to renew and then 
then ask if we're, you know, willing to do the reservation system, you know, and just keep us at our levels. But they definitely use it as an opportunity to wipe all of the grandfathered things, you know, that people had. So I had PhotoPass. And if you've ever bought PhotoPass pictures from Disneyland, I think it's like $10 per download or even more now because they've started to increase prices. So <laughs> imagine all of those attractions that I just got for free. Right. Um, and then they did the Max Pass. But if you purchase it, you are allowed to download PhotoPass photos too for the day. But then again, you know, they started at 15 and they upped it to 20. So so it's like $20 a day and you can get all your pictures. But, you know, that's $20 a day per person, right? Yeah. And they allowed it to be an add-on to the Signature Plus before I think it was included on Signature Plus and it was purchasable to be an add-on to the other levels, but they're not allowing that for the Magic Key program. Oh, for this new genie thing. Right, because they want to keep it separate because they want to get more money. So, you know, apparently Bob Chapek is the new villain. He's the worst. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> Disney people, if you if you like him, but he's the literal worst. Yeah, it's just, you know, I, I kind of feel bad because I feel like it started with Iger no. and, and then it's just like continuing you, with Chapek. You think that they're just vilifying <laughs> Chapek, having him be the scapegoat? Yeah, because Iger just all of a sudden stepped down, right? I, like, I don't know. I don't think that it's because I feel like there was pressure for him to step down. I okay, feel like okay. the stakeholders and the stock stock people wanted him to relinquish control. And I feel like he built something amazing, especially with the talent department because of his experience as MB, uh, ABC president. So he had people and talent flocking towards him and he like catered and uh, nurtured those relationships. But the moment they changed hands, look at what happened with ScarJo, you know? Yeah, it, it seems like Chapek is just one of those guys that's just a corporate head yeah. that's out of touch with everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly don't think he has a Disney vision. I feel like he belongs in in like Universal or some other organization because it doesn't seem like he cares about the family unit. And it's it's kind of shown here in this genie service. It's not, it has no heart to it. Yeah. So, you know, some people were saying, oh, we feel so bad for the character of, of genie himself. They're they're doing him dirty oh, yeah. because they're putting his name especially, to this. Especially because that was Robin Williams. Exactly. Voices of genie. So yeah, let's talk about genie, Disney genie plus, and then lightning lane, which is, you know, the new fast pass lane. So Genie, if you guys haven't heard yet, is the new concierge that's going to be implemented into the My Disney Experience and Disneyland apps in the fall. And it's, I don't know, something about personalized itineraries yeah. where they're going to forecast wait times and show you where the lightning lane entrances are. And you kind of like select what you want to do or what kind of things you like. And it will suggest things to you. That's the free version. And then they've got the Genie Plus, which is going to be the paid version, kind of like what we, they did with the Max Pass. Yep. where they're going to have like press this button if you want to access MaxPass and then you have to enter your credit card information and pay for it and then you get access to it. I think that's what they're doing with this, mm -hmm. right? So, uh, you know, with the Genie Plus, you get the ability to pretty much do what the MaxPass Max Pass did and start at 7 a.m. with a selection and then once you're in the park, you can make different selections. It doesn't uh, include all of the e-ticket attractions, not like what MaxPass yeah, had. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's some that are not going to be included and then, you know, they have 
haven't announced what everything is going to be included in Genie Plus versus the individual selection Lightning Lane, where you can pay a different amount to access different rides per attraction, per yeah, person, per attraction, and per person, like, and you cap at two. And it's just like, what? What is this? You know, because they're still going to keep the free version of the the virtual queues for like Rides of Resistance, and you know, they're going to keep that the free version. So you're going to be competing with mm-hmm. that as well as the separate one where there's people that pay for yep. that that want to do that yeah. too. So, so it'll it'll like, limit the boarding group uh, availability. Right. Like how many people can they put on that ride or how many boarding groups can they accommodate for the whole day? Who knows? I, right? Especially with rides breaking down I all the time. I feel like this virtual queue and like this service is it's like a band-aid because they couldn't create rides that were high capacity. You know, they know for a fact that these are going to be like crazy busy rides. But instead of building the ride around the amount of capacity that they they would have had anticipated, they just built what they wanted and we're like, well, we'll service what we can. So, you know, uh, the experience of the rides themselves are are great. I mean, there's some really good rides. It's just, if you can get on them. <laughs> if you can get on them, exactly. So do you think, what what, do you, what are your overall thoughts of, of Genie, this Genie service? It's horrible. I, I really hope nobody pays for it. The less people that pay for it, the more they'll look at it and be like, okay, this was a horrible idea. Let's go back to our old model. Like, I don't understand what was broken with it, you know? between the way that Disney World was doing the 60 days out, you can select your things. You know, if you forgot, that was your own problem, you know? Right. If you weren't knowledgeable enough, that was kind of your own fault. Like, I understand that some people were upset that they can't do a spur of the moment type of thing, but the kind of attraction or kind of crowd that goes to Disney World are the vacationers, you know? Those are the people that make a whole week out of going there with their families. And that's why I understand why the people in Disney World are so upset with the system because they're trying to adapt something that worked in California because, you know, it's the way that the two parks are, the two resorts are completely different. Yes. And you can't take one system and say, oh, it will work at another park. You know, same thing with the Europeans with, with the, with the Paris, they, they piloted it there, but I don't, they didn't even wait for numbers to come out before they announced the Genie Plus service. So I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Because if you look at it in Paris, they're charging some really high amounts. Yeah, they're doing like twenty euros for one right. ride. Or they're something doing like it that. the it's per crazy. the attraction too. They're not doing the genie plus where it, it's basically a max pass. Right, right. So yeah, I, I see what you're getting at. Max pass worked well in California. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, people could be like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. And whatever's available on the Max Pass, they'll just take it and they'll go right. with it. And it's easy to hop between two parks. Exactly. You can just say, oh, this is available. I'm going to go to the other park. Right. right. But you can't do that if you're, you know, at one one park in Disney World versus another. because You can't hop. You know, you, <laughs> it's you, not convenient. Yeah. And the, the reason why the system in Disney World works is because you can plan your day out and your itinerary out 60 days in advance. So you... You can plan your reservations for restaurants. You can plan your whole fast passes out. And it worked because there's way less attractions in Disney World compared to Disneyland in terms of square area, you know? Right. Where in Disneyland, there's a lot more packed in close by. So as you're walking to one ride, you can go and book your next max pass after you've just claimed your other one and then have it lined up and knock things out really like one after another and then hop over and do the same thing. So it worked 
in in California because of it being so small. But I don't see it working well in Disney World. I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, just because it worked in California doesn't mean you have to bring it over to, to Florida right. and just test it out now. You know, like, but you know, I coming from I just came from Florida and we didn't have any fast passes. Right? There's no there was nothing available, so we did everything standby. But we're still able to do everything. So it's like you know, I'm I'm kind of curious to see how this is gonna affect those standby. Oh, lines. it's gonna make it bad. I feel like that's why they didn't bring fast pass back or announce this so early because they haven't in, they didn't increase their park capacity yet and they didn't increase their staffing yet because they were having issues onboarding cast members and stuff with with the unions and whatnot so right i feel like this is gonna make wait times be astronomical once again and they're gonna have a lot more guest complaints once more yeah because when i went you know you'll see a, a line for like slinky dog says like 80 minutes but when you're actually in the line it's less it's like 40 yeah minutes. so yeah they kind of inflate the wait time numbers but once they like go full capacity you already know it's going to be like re- yeah. real like those numbers are going to be yeah. real I think it's going to be tough because when you have when you introduce more lines there's more variables so I think that's why they liked having just the standby line during COVID because it was easier to manage there was less back and forth because the ratios were always off with FastPass you see like on Radio Springs Racers it's it's more like a 6 to 1 ratio per party which is why the wait times for standby went all the way up to like 120 180 sometimes right yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be that now because Radiator Springs Racers was announced to be part of the individual attraction selections, as was Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. And I and I saw they're also part of the Genie Plus, right? They're, those are also going to be on there? No, they're, they're specific for the individual attraction selection, which is on top of the Genie Plus. Okay, okay. So they have to, you have to pay for those individual Correct. Ones. And if you imagine you're with like a family of four, you have to pay per head. So that adds up. This individual, individual attraction selection allows you to bypass the virtual queue for like web slingers or rise of the resistance so like we were saying earlier the boarding groups are gonna be more limited because we don't know how many they're gonna allow to buy because they want to they want the money right so they're gonna prioritize those those groups rather than the standby people oh man this is that's kind of this is kind of crazy yeah this is why (laughs) the way it's gonna yeah this is why people are more up in arms about the genie um service and the genie plus the the one that annoys me the most is the complimentary genie service because they're essentially gonna take all of the knowledge that we've acquired as you know annual pass holders and Disney gurus that that go, you know, all the vloggers that go and and show their secrets. They're going to broadcast that to everybody. It's like the BuzzFeed phenomenon with lobster nachos type of thing, you know? So everybody's going to know our secrets. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, right? Like they're going to quote unquote optimize it. But if everybody's optimized, then nobody's optimized. Yeah. So there's no more loopholes. They're saying there's more flexibility, more fun. But I don't see there being more fun and flexibility if you are crowding more of the mobile order areas, crowding more of the, the cleaner bathrooms, crowding, you know, all of these things that we've we've learned through trial and error and through a lot of research, it's going to be broadcasted to everybody that isn't even willing to do the research. 
Yeah, lazy people get to pay, get paid off here. You know, like they get the the benefit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I I feel like they are really catering to them because those are the the ones like you said that spend. The oh money, yeah, right? because they're the ones <laughs> that they don't want to do the work, so they're just gonna buy their way through. And that just goes to show that JPEG really, really just wants money. Yeah, and I can see Disney if he were alive today, Walt Disney, he would be crying because this is not the dream that he had. Dis- he built Disney to be a place to for parents to be with their families, you know, and their children, and to experience the fun with them. But if it becomes like a money suck, the families aren't going to be the ones going anymore. It's going to be people like me that can afford to go because we don't have children. Yeah, and then is. Is that really what Walt Disney built his park nope. for? You know, or was it for everyone? Like, you know, like if you're not including everybody, you're only including certain people. Yeah, they're definitely you know? pricing out the people that Walt built the park for. And it's unfortunate because like if you look at Disney's survey numbers, the people most likely to go are between the income brackets of seventy five thousand to hundred thousand mm-hmm. for a family, you know? But with these prices, you're looking at six-figure incomes. And uh, those are the people that are most likely not to go because they can afford trips to Europe, to Asia, you know, anywhere like paradise type tropical vacations, cruises, whatever. Those are the DVC people. Those are the cruise line people the ones that get into Club 33. That's what it seems like Chapek is trying to cater to, but it's not the people that are actually going to go as frequently. So do you think that, you know, since people are going to get priced out or a lot of people are going to get priced out, that it's going to backfire? Oh, absolutely. People are already hopping to Universal. Their numbers are way up in California, at least. And I think that the numbers in Orlando are also shifting where there's a lot more people going to Knott's Berry Farm in in California, a lot more going to Universal Hollywood. I know annual pass holders in Orlando, Universal Orlando are up more too. They're, They're improving their parks as well. And it's more affordable. And, you know, it's just as fun. Yeah, you know, so, you know, there are some other podcasts that I listen to and before they were just all about Disney and now they've opened up and they're doing Orlando, Universal Orlando too, because like you mentioned, they're, they've been improving right. and it's another experience that people can afford and go right. to. And if you look at Universal uh, Hollywood, they also have the Harry Potter stuff. It's a lot smaller than Orlando, but they're building the Nintendo area too. Exactly. So once that opens, I can see a lot more people hopping over there, especially since they'll have like a kid to teen area where Disneyland only has DCA and if the lines for the bigger rides are like crazy long parents are going to start to want wonder whether it's worth going to Disneyland at all that is true that is true so it's just like there's alternatives yeah. out there <laughs> i mean Knott's Berry Farm is also improving their parks and they have pretty good food too around the area and they and you know even during the pandemic they've been doing these like festivals where they have blueberry pie yeah. or something like and that I you know, heard, like huckleberry thing i heard like, that their food festivals had better food than touch of disney and it was cheaper. Exactly. Right. So like if you go to it, you have to experience good food. Right. <laughs> so there's other options out there. And if Disney doesn't shape up, people are going to go to those other options. So yeah, I mean, it's still to see what's going to happen with it. But I know you were saying you hope people don't pay for the service. But I, I kind of see that people are going to do yeah. it because, you know, they can. Right. So they will. Yeah. 
But I mean, if they can, why not just pay for the VIP, you know, because the VIP experience, you get a cast member to basically guide you around the whole park and take you straight onto the ride. You can bypass the, the, the boarding pass system already. So why not just do that? If you can afford it. Yeah, pretty much. Like, if you're going to spend all your money at Disney, go yeah, all out. <laughs> you might as well, instead of, like, trying to use a concierge through an app when their UI is not even that great. Yeah, very glitchy. Super and, glitchy. You know, they did a demonstration uh, earlier in the week, and they couldn't even answer people's questions right. on it. So Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they pushed the, the launch to next year. I actually hope they me do too. so that, you know, you can get some trips in there without yeah, it. <laughs> me too, yeah. Going back to Magic Key, if you if you sign on to Magic Key within 60 days of August 25th, you become labeled as a charter member. Um, so you get like a, a charter member pass uh, type of package with like a special pin and whatever extra merchandise they, they decide to send, like a magnet or something. Oh, that's really cool. So you're like, you're the initial, the first wave. Yeah, kind of like what they did with Founder Circle of Disney Plus, but yeah. That's right. When uh, when we signed up, we got that pin that says Founder right. Circle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. So that's, that's I guess, a, a bonus to signing up early. Yes. And one more thing about Magic Key. I did ask a cast member whether there was going to be a cap on sales because a lot of people were saying, um, oh, what if they run out? So far, they're saying there's no cap. Wow. So you can they can pretty much give anybody a Magic yeah. Key. Yeah, they there's no cap <laughs> for sales. That was just legal jargon in the fine print saying, you know, all that, that they could stop sales at any point just as an allowance. But at the moment, there is no cap. So don't panic. That's probably because they are unsure of how many people are actually going to purchase Magic Keys. Yeah. I think that's that's why they don't have a cap currently. Yeah, yeah. But I honestly don't think that they're going to put a cap. Even if they hit the million mark like they did before, like I said, they have a reservation system. So even though you have a pass, it doesn't guarantee you a spot to go into the park, which is the risk that you run when you buy a magic key. Yeah, and that makes sense, you know, control the population by having a reservation system. Yeah, and it's not going to go away. Not for the foreseeable future, at least. I understand why they would do it. You know, they saw that, you know, they need they had that need where they can't help everybody if everybody is just crowding the parks. Yeah, they're like no walking space at all. I don't mind the reservation system. I really don't. But it would be nice if they release numbers to tell us like how many reservations there are available so that we know if we can make them like far enough in advance type of thing. That would be nice if they did publish numbers or while you're making a reservation, they can say this many spots right. left. Or yeah, like but that. they're not going to because they like to have the mystery behind everything for some reason. I think for this, they want to be secretive on their numbers. So I don't know, competitors will not be able to say, oh, look at that. They're not at capacity or something. Like we that, don't even know? <laughs> know their capacity numbers, though. They they refuse to, re- exactly, to exactly. release that. It's all estimates right now. Right, right. It's And it's. I think it's always going to be estimates unless you work for the company and you know the numbers. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they don't even know. <laughs> like if you ask a common cast member, they'll give you an estimate. Oh, I, I, I meant logistics. Oh, yeah, people, yeah, yeah. You know, the people that are, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, the people that are, you know, work, making the calendars or whatever, they should know. Yeah, but at that point, they'll probably only say that this is the fire capacity, you know, like this is the amount of people we're allowed to put in. But 
yeah, they're not going to release those numbers. Definitely not. Definitely not. All right. So uh, overall thoughts about Magic Key and uh, Genie Genie Service. Uh, anything you want to add or to say? I hate the fact that they changed the name of the Fast Pass Lane to Lightning Lane um, because <laughs> it sounds more like I don't know. It, why not pick something that matches the theme of Genie? You know. Right. Like, I don't know. It just seems wrong that it says it's called Lightning Lane. It feels more like a um, like a Six Flags term, you know? I know that one's Flash Pass, but still, it, it makes more sense to not be Lightning Lane. Just be like an Express Lane or something that matches Genie. I don't know. I'm not creative that way, but yeah. Go with a the theme. Why call it Lightning Lane? Or just call it Fast Pass. Like, they don't want to. They used to. <laughs> they don't even want to call the Magic Key Pass Holders... It's a membership program. <laughs> exactly. They just everything new. That's that's their that was their thing. Yeah. Right? Not a fan of Bob Chapek. Not a fan. I, it seems like he's making a lot of enemies at you know outside of the company. Did you hear <laughs> what he said about Shang Chi? Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He tried to defend himself too, but yeah. Come on, no. man. Anyway, not a fan of jo- Bob Chapek. I agree. I agree. So you know, overall. It's a change. It's different. It's new. But, you know, Disney, they're in it for the money. And you could tell they've always been in it for the money. Uh, except for when, when Walt Disney right. was there. Yeah. But after Walt Disney, you know, they've been in it for the money. Yeah. And <laughs> it's sad because you would hope that they would go back to caring about family values and caring about the family unit, which is what Walt's dream was. And it's going back to corporate greed and it's it's going to bite them in the butt. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. All right. So uh, any closing thoughts, anything else you want to add? Yeah. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Um, I know it's been a while, but hopefully you enjoyed listening to our thoughts on Magic Key and Genie Service. Yeah. And I'd like to thank you listeners for tuning into this episode. And uh, we hope you enjoyed listening. And on behalf of Rissa, I'd like to say, keep your watches, sync to Disney time. See ya. Bye.